This is Jean, and this is a Panay podcast to magically disappoint your parents. Wow. Every day I'm grateful for um, getting to the retrograde. Every day. Every retrograde. (laughs) We're we're thankful (laughs) for getting through it. Uh, Feels like forever since I've seen you. Um, I know we say that all the time. It really has. It really has. Um, I'm all about your home updates. Um, oh gosh. I think I care see through what my home could look like. Um, <laughs> for not so small fee, you could hire me. Right. For some not professional work. <laughs> does does Heather come off the package? Um, you'll have to discuss that with her. You know, this is all negotiable. Um, so yeah. nothing is set in stone. Um, let's talk about some family and updates. Um, we just broke 19, well, we didn't just break, it actually happened mid last week, but we broke 19,000 downloads. Wow. Yeah. Is that more people than there are in Henderson? I don't know. But it's I, people- you know what? I'm sure we could Wikipedia that, but I don't. Right. That's a lot of work. <laughs> Who's Someone- obsessed with us? <laughs> I know. Um, I did. Okay. So I, one student came into my office and like, I finally am listening to the podcast. I'm like, great but they didn't decompress with me about it. They just, they just like passed by my door and then like left. And I was like, <laughs> oh. oh, by the way, I'm listening to your podcast. Bye. <laughs> is, that, is that what that was? Is that a yay? Nay? Is it cool? Mm. Uh, but we do have a fellow podcaster, Brenda Cruz Gomez, who um, has a new podcast. She's checking out ours. And this is what she said. I just go through the text messages. Um, your podcast is grounding me. That's what Brenda was saying. And the next line she wrote, childhood guilt is a trip. And that's how long she wrote the word trip. Oh, thank you, Brenda. We love you. Yeah, we're sorry that some of it was heavy, but we're glad you could relate, I guess. Um, Okay, so one of our um, favorite super duper fans, Rhea. Who? (laughs) That's my nibbling. (laughs) Um, Rhea hit us up in the inbox. Wow, how very uh, formal not even a DM, a real email. Um, this B knows business. <laughs> I mean, it was really written. It was like, um, try to take that whole announcement because it's a good one. And we hope that um, people really take this announcement seriously as it was seriously written. Um, so Rio writes, I'm helping produce this amazing project. And today we launched our fundraising campaign to kickstart the second season of the adorably awkward series, B-I-F-L. Biffle. Um, that's what the that's what the queer fandom is calling them. Yeah, way behind the times, you know. Uh, Biffle as a straight uh, ally, you know, that's totally okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, and Rhea writes, reaching that goal means that we get to shift away from a small web series format to a full blown thirty minute comedy slash drama TV show. OMG! So I'm totally going to ask you for two personal favors, and we extend these favors to our Bruja Baddies community. For everyone else, please, please listen. Um, can you go to our fundraising site and donate? And more importantly, can you post our campaign on your Facebook slash Twitter slash Instagram? I'm adding Instagram in there. It would really mean <laughs> a lot to me. And y'all, we don't want to see a day where Rhea is sad. So please, the link <laughs> in the notes. Um, you know, we're still live because probably Rhea is part of the 19,000 downloads. So um, don't miss out on this magic uh, supporter here. Um, 
We just got to get taste. Any thoughts on that, on that announcement? Um, yeah, follow the Biffles. Are you, do you watch that show? Are you? Okay, I'm, I'm so Uh-oh. terrible. <laughs> okay, so like, I've never seen an episode. Okay, no judgment. <laughs> um, but like, I am uh, acquainted, like very distantly acquainted okay. with, with folks who work on the show. Um, and, um, you know, representation matters and they're doing a thing. So, right at a really grassroots kind of level. Yes. It's yes. okay to dream. Like, literally, what an important email because Rhea, um, for, you know, to put that out and be like, please, 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 you know, uh, most people be like, cool story, hashtag, that was nice. You know what I mean? Like, to write this letter and be like, please, community, do this for me. Um, I appreciate that, Rhea. And we're going to get there. We're going to get to the finish line, put on my calendar. When to drop some dough. Oh, um, I don't know if y'all maybe saw on social media, there's a, there's like a queer Skittles commercial. Oh. Um, I, it came up on my Twitter feed, but the actress in the beanie is part of Biffle. So, what? so it's okay. like, what? Small world. <laughs> we'll add that to the show notes, that link, uh, in case y'all need to build this uh, fandom. And honestly, I love, I honestly like shows with like no name actors. Like, I don't know. Wow, no name. Wow. Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, you meant independent. Yes, yes. Sorry. <laughs> it's totally- they have names. They have names. Right. Mainstream. Non-mainstream? Who cares um, about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Folks who haven't been entirely jaded by the Hollywood machine? That we I'm know sure. of. I'm sure when people talk fair. about uh, no-name comic artists, my my face too. <laughs> it's all right. Let's change it. Let's change the narrative, right? Indie, non-mainstream, <laughs> better, all those things. All right. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to the oh right. my gosh, who is here? We have a special guest, Chriselle, mm-hmm. who we uh, not. I don't want to say ran into because. <laughs> It was a virtual event <laughs> virtually ran into yes um so Chriselle was a listener of the show um and or is a listener uh, via am, Instagram yeah. um thank you by the way um and Chriselle was awesome enough to show up to our panel at the Bulletin Center's um, virtual conference this year and stuck around afterwards um, to really gossip about spirituality. Just kidding. That's not what happens. Um, but Chriselle is here. It's yeah. really funny because I just did a podcast episode about Gossip Girl with someone. <gasps> I'm like, my worlds are merging. Yes, everything is connected. <laughs> How we doing, Chriselle? Let's make you part of the check-in today. Um, I'm doing pretty good. I've been really incredibly busy these last few weeks. And so the beauty of working for myself is I get to choose my days off. And so I'm really embracing those days off, not going into the office and just like hanging out and being present with my kids. Wow. There's a lot of power in that. There's a lot of power. Yes. Um, thank you for making time. I mean, hey, I mean, as busy, I know how busy people are. 
um, so this little window of our life, I'm thankful you're here. I, I have to be honest, my busy is probably really different from your standard of busy. Mm. I, I will learn more. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Will you uh, share what that means? Yeah, I have a very strict rule for myself that I don't work more than 20 hours a week. So if I'm hitting 20, that's busy. Yeah. That is a great standard. Experience. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's radical in itself, right? Like, I'm not going to overexert myself. Um, and I come from a background in commercial banking. So, like, I know what that's like. Huge difference. Mm-hmm. Wow. 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 That really reminds me of an MLM person I keep watching who's like, I work 80, 90 hours a week. And I'm like, wow, but really, is that time freedom? more than think about right like good for you bro <laughs> that's not the flex that you think it is but no. not. <laughs> you're oh, not right. selling me sorry <laughs> um nicole how's your how's how's it feeling come on oh, gosh oh you know my booty um so i am off this week from work we uh we're going to go out of state for a concert but we decided against it um just because you know when, when these tickets went on sale we thought COVID's gonna be over not at all so I mean we did go to a couple concerts before um so we went and saw Alanis Morissette <laughs> uh, yes so uh that was an amazing experience just because like being in middle school and listening to um Jagged Little Pill was such an like it was a specific, like, I didn't know what any of those lyrics really meant, but I had them memorized, mm. like, go down on you. Know, what does that mean to go down? <laughs> like, I had no idea. Um, but to, like, experience that live and uh, so, like, Garbage was the second opener. I love them. And um, Cat Power was the first opener. So, yeah. like, it was this was like the Lilith fair that I never got to go to because there was no way that a, that I could afford to go as a youth. And there was no way that my parents were going to allow me to go to this like concert. That's like not in our little hometown. Right. Cause you know, out here in, in Vegas, it's like, not a lot of people tour here, but a lot of people do tour here. And so it's very convenient to just like go to a show, but like I grew up in the Bay Area and I did not live ne- like near any of the major um, venues. So it was like a very big deal to like go out. Right. Um, anyway, so like that was cool. Uh, folks, some folks were masked and a lot of folks were masked. Um, and so I think like we decided to like, let's just chill at home for this week. And by chill at home, it's like, let's um, let's retexture the walls in our bedroom so that we can repaint Looks them. Good. And so that's been a whole big learning experience, but um it's been cool. Like I love learning new stuff like that, like doing stuff around the house. It I don't know, there's like a gratification of like doing it yourself um when you can. So I mean like we can't pay someone to do it. So it's like <laughs> we don't um yeah. But yeah. It's, it's cool to, to ask you like, wow, how'd you do that? And you're like, I don't know. I see a sense of pride on your face. You're like, I did this. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you really did that. 
Uh, I mean, I, I definitely have the sore limbs <laughs> to <laughs> attest to what like sanding and plastering and re-sanding is like, but um, I don't know. It's like, uh, like I'll, I'll have to describe it. Uh, we, so the rest of the house has very textured walls, like a, almost like a sponging effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is an older house. And I think whoever just uh, redid it um, or who flipped it was just kind of like in a time crunch. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I just, I don't like the texture. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I offered that up as like, so like, can we like do something about that? Like if my voice goes up at the end. Um, but, you know, I convinced Heather that we could do it and we're doing it. That's a lot of work. Cause it is. First, when we first got our house, it was a total dump. And we also had to renovate it to make it livable. Mm-hmm. And there were layers upon layers of paint and wallpaper. Yes. And there were like heat guns, speakers, no. multiple people working in one room. So I, yes, I feel you. I, feel I mean, you. it's definitely not that, to that extent. So <laughs> I guess I am extra grateful for what I don't have to do. <laughs> but I am I'm from all the HGTV that I've watched. Like that's not easy it's It's not not easy work Mm -hmm. no but it's cool to know how to do I guess (laughs) did the music hold up or were were the artists consistent um absolutely everyone sounded great live um everyone did not have a single wrinkle on their forehead wow but but still looked like appropriately in their 50s Mm-hmm. Like they they got that good esthetician. <laughs> like no <laughs> one's looking puffy, no one's looking droopy. <laughs> but yeah, so there was like that perfect little balance. Um, but yeah, if y'all can withstand being amongst other people, um, you know. Right. Um, my update is that um, there are a lot of people in and out of the office. A lot of like retrograde panic energy Mm. yeah yeah and I was like whoa everyone calm down and as soon as every time the hall cleared I was like took my car keys and just went home I was like well I got three and a half hours to go sleep and so I did and I didn't feel bad for it but really did um yeah and also you know I've been off coffee for like two and a half weeks just seeing what this life is like just um, not super caffeinated because in previous episodes I was saying it impacts my blood pressure so yeah like I feel very leveled I do feel the clumsiness of this retrograde especially um, in class there's like like everyone feels like very sluggish and whatnot and I think I was really trying to explain like y'all we're in a retrograde and they're just like we're not hearing you right now and I'm like okay never mind that's part of it (laughs) yeah like even the message to get about the retrograde yeah so that was pretty funny but really awesome because naps are the best top 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 three things in human life and then um currently I'm like really trying to reflect investigate and journal because I'm journaling during class while they're in studio time helps me not take work home with me so I'm just kind of like these are things I observed in class and one of them is like really like um them like doing a lot of doom scrolling so I'm like okay do a time to be creative 
and just like you know you have probably two-thirds of the class like get down to drawing and then some people are just like that you know I have to draw so like um, and that's never really happened in any semester so I'm like wow I mean I can't even be mad because we've had a year of being on our devices so it's like fluidness of still being attached is not something I want to super penalize them for but also it's helping me recognize too like how the world is and has and will be changing so more to learn about this in perhaps future episodes as I try to investigate I love investigating little things like MLM and phone addictions and things so um, that's my check-in update on that. I was like, so if you have students that are listening, I hope that they hear this part, <laughs> like really hear this and remember it when your end of the semester evaluations come in. <laughs> what a trick. Yeah, for sure. Um, you don't even think like, this is so sad, y'all. I'm like, all right, draw a pose. And they're like, Time to look for a pose. I'm like, no, they're right there. It's another person. Um, yeah, it's real different. Um, and even, I, I will say this one more thing. They don't really even small talk in class. They just like veer off into their phones. Usually it's just like you talk to somebody, perhaps across the table, across mm. the room. That doesn't happen either. So um, yeah, it's really okay. weird. Yeah, not weird, but it's like, it's it a different like, vibe. It's a different vibe, like a sociological like vibe is happening here that I have not diagnosed and put a nose on it, but I'm like, something's afoot. <laughs> yeah, draw foot. Yeah, draw foot. And they're like, what's a shoe? Just kidding. Um, Wait, what kind of class do you teach? Out of great question. So I teach a design fundamentals class and it is surrounding like comic design and whatnot. Um, usually people are like pumped because they're like, oh, I get to draw that OC, that original character that I've always wanted to, or this long epic story. And like, I, I think one of the assignments is like, hey, y'all, um, like people watch for a second and just like, you know, what your observations were. And they're like, people watch? I've never watched people. And I'm like, you watch people all the time on TikTok. What's the difference? Like, <laughs> But to sit so in, true. to sit in like the Starbucks on campus or in the library and just like observing people, it's like something that was like a huge ask, and I was like, oh. So, out of curiosity, like, what has um, what has social distancing been like in Vegas for you guys? Because I, I wonder how restrictive it was for you guys and how foreign it feels to, to these people now to, to like be sure. back in front of people. Like how long has it been since you guys have been in person? Gosh, it's only been this semester and you're right. It really has impacted because, you know, the minimizing of small talk, getting to know new friends, public speaking, like they're not used to like, I mean, even though everyone has like kind of like a weird thing about hooks or just even like to voice a thing. Like when I'm like, I ask a question, they like, they like shift eyes, like, you know, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think definitely a huge adjustment period. A lot of us are running our class kind of like a real time Instagram, right? So instead of someone saying out loud, how they feel, they like write it. And then I like read it out loud, you know what I mean? So it's like, this still trans, like this still third person or third platform myself that like (laughs) aids in the process. So 
yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's just like a, I don't like, I, I, I will, I will journal about this. It's the weird, um, like in between. Yes. It's a weird, yeah. for sure. It also feels like though, um, and I wonder if this is you, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to read you, but I just feel like a lot of like uh, energy. Um, and I feel like it's probably you. I mean, whenever I ask, it like goes to you mm-hmm. and it makes sense because of like what you were saying with Mercury retrograde. Um, but like, this is your opportunity to curate the experience in the class and really like empower them and, in- and invite them to right. make the social engagement. I am so grateful that you said that and read that about me because I have been dancing this week between I've given up on humanity. Like I was just, mm. I, I was like, I can't be the one. I can't be the one who's like, y'all, we are more than this, you know, like we are more than this tech like connection. Like let's be people here. Let's like learn how to be people again. And then, yeah, with what you're saying, it's just like, maybe, like maybe I, maybe I can aid this. So like, that, that's really helpful um, right now. So, which is a great way to segue into the episode. Yay! Hi, Crystal. Um, <laughs> so uh, the topic of finding real brujas that practice magic or were tapped into uh, spiritually came up in our talk during the Bulasan Roundtable. And so again, like as Nicole said, Crystal was a virtual attendee and stayed back to volunteer and connect about it. Um, honestly, is pretty miraculous. We're like, wow, somebody, because it felt like so far away regionally to even like think that we could find or meet somebody. So um, that she'd been aware of this community um, and is part of the community. Um, so, um, so in her own words today on this BB episode, we talk about Chriselle's work in depth. And for those curious about this missing and vast piece of learning about themselves energetically, spiritually, and culturally. Take it away, Nicole. Um, I have to thank you again for being here. And also for um, just that lovely nugget that you just gave Jean. <laughs> that was just such uh. a beautiful way to present a, a way of looking at what is, um, I guess, mostly seen as awkward. Like to turn that around and be like, oh, this is an opportunity to kind mm-hmm. of like, rehumanize folks in such a very dehumanizing moment in time. Um, And so um, listeners, y'all can get a piece of that kind of work (laughs) if you go to Chriselle's website. Um, But, okay, so I want to ask you, what is it that you do? Um, Like, how do you describe like your craft? And then, what is it that other folks think that you do? So I really like this question and I had to actually ask my people what they think I do. <laughs> so what I do is I empower friends, but femmes of color and their allies to live with confidence, purpose, and integrity through grounded spirituality. The way I do that is I give people readings and I see readings as the example like a taste it's your costco sample of what you could what you could get into um i also do hypnosis which is really like i do hypnosis and then i do psychic development 
So I teach people how to do what I do and how to bring it into everything they do. So like as a banker, I was using it. Um, as a teacher, you could use it. You're already using it as a creative. So I see the evolution of mankind is like, we're also right brain, but bringing your intuition and your spirituality into it is using the full potential of your mind. Mm-hmm. And the way I see my hypnosis work compared to my um, psychic development work is it's like, how fast do you want to go? What are you ready for? Because mm-hmm. the psychic development is really, if you're looking to really focus on learning and integrating and putting it into practice, but sometimes I come across people that they've done a lot of self-study, like they read a lot of books, they watch a lot of videos, they follow a lot of people, but they're like, I know all this stuff, but how to, how do I use it? How do I apply it? Like, how do I apply it all together? And the biggest way that I describe that is because I started off um, training to be a medium and then I learned Reiki and then I learned um, how to read Akashic records. And then I learned all these other things and I kept seeing them as separate tools, but you don't learn how to use a hammer just to use a hammer. (laughs) You you use a tool in so many different applications. So it's like, how do we take everything that we learn and apply it so that it just becomes like part of what we do? And so my hypnosis work really takes, helps with that. I see it as the same kind of end result as um, psychic development, but it's, it's in one day like you are making all these shifts at a quantum level in one day. And then it's, it's like integrating and applying itself through the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, um, so that's what I do. And then, um, I was telling my, this is funny because I was telling myself the story that people think that I like probably sit in a room and like talk talk to thin air like that's what a medium does Mm. or that I do energy healing and then it's like oh sparks and fireworks are flying out of my fingertips and like people are convulsing and the Mm -hmm. the the evil is coming out of them um and so I I took a survey amongst my my friends (laughs) expecting these kinds of responses and I guess I don't give myself enough credit for how I communicate what I actually do because everyone was pretty Mm. on spot. They're like, I think that you're like a life coach and that you kind of help people with spirituality and connect with their guys. And I'm like, okay, you're no fun. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I, on your biography, on your website, I remember, or I saw that you um, like kind of had an epiphany after engaging in some therapy that this was like the direction you wanted to go in like spirituality. Um, so I wonder like before that, like as a child, did you, um, did you experience anything, uh, like, like an earlier manifestation of this or was, is this nope. all just, okay. Yeah. I mean, 2019, let's get started. That's how it happened. Um, and I didn't even go into it because I was like, I want to learn how to talk to spirits or right. any of that. It, my, my therapist, I've gone to therapists since I was in high school on and off. 
And I was having a rough time with my partner and I knew that I, I wanted to try something different. Um, so I still found a therapist, but she was also a shamanic healer and energy healer. And so that really intrigued me. And the biggest um, benefit of going to her was that she was not too far from where I lived. So I checked her out and I did a consultation and she was actually very grounded and did not bring any of that into our session. So I ended up working with her, but towards the end of our time working together, she started to um, make the connection for me because I kept, I was sharing that I kept having these dreams and thoughts of a family member that passed away. And then I kept waking up in the middle of the night, like at the same time. Um, and she started asking me questions about that family member. It was um, an uncle that passed away when I was in high school. And thinking back to, to who he was and how he lived his life, I think he would have been considered transgender today. Mm. And at the time I had such an ugly relationship with social media, like I hated it. I was like, excuse my language, but fuck all these fake fuckers. And <laughs> <laughs> like, that was my relationship with social media. And I actually was off it for more than a year. Cause I was just like, I don't want any of that. Mm. Um, and my therapist basically explained to me like your uncle, it feels like your uncle is coming through because you are, are being reminded of how, how much courage he had to have in order to live his life authentically, which is what you are trying to do because I didn't want, I didn't want what everyone else was saying was like, oh, um, this is my best life, like traveling to all these places and taking these perfectly curated photos. And like my partner, my partner's my best friend. Like that wasn't me at that time. I was like, no, I want to be by myself. I am an introvert, like leave me alone. <laughs> so that is actually how she kind of led me to feeling comfortable and really drawn to taking this spiritual development workshop. And it was, and it was specifically to learn the tools that were also for self-care that are also for psychic development. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Yeah. What, I mean, what a beautiful story, a journey. I don't know the whole starting in 2019 thing too, just makes me think about um, how, you can just change your whole life tomorrow. It's not based off no content. Totally. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So uh, go ahead. All right. Real quick. Um, when I think back to that class that I took and I'm still in touch with my teacher and she kind of like reminds me of this. I have never come across anyone that was as bad as I was in that class. Like you learn how to give a reading and you do practice readings. And I would see a shadow shape like I would see, oh, I think this is a coral, like from the ocean. And mm -hmm. I was like, I have no idea what it means. Like the end. Those were my <laughs> readings when I started. Yeah. That's, so I, you know, that's uh, everyone starts from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I have never come across anyone that has ever been the way I was. But I know that like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah, I see that as foundationally transparent, though, right? You're not going to you know, you were like these fake fucks, like even in your starting of the practice, like I'm not going right. to be a fuck either. Yeah. That's cool to me. Um, so, you know, thinking in lieu of like just being the podcast,
Augustine Panay and whatnot. What has it been like to get into this work with your Filipino Catholic background? Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting because I remember a couple days before I took this workshop, I bought tarot cards mm-hmm. and I was just playing with them at my parents' house. And my mom was surprisingly into it. And, and my sister, my older sister reminded me that between our two parents, my mom would be into it because um, she reminded me of a story that my mom went to a psychic back when I was in college or something. And I was like, oh, true, true. So my dad, on the other hand, was um, he would see me playing with the cards and he'd be like, Chriselle, why are you playing with the devil? And I would just um, like, this was my typical, this was my typical response with my dad, where it's just like, don't even bother. Don't even waste your energy. (laughs) Like, don't, don't go there. And my dad, my mom would often ask me to give her readings, whether with cards, whether without cards, whatever. And my dad would always say something. And at one point, I think this is where I found my inner peace because I was just like, he doesn't know what he's even talking about and he will come around. Like he'll figure it out because I know he doesn't think that I'm evil. Mm -hmm. And so surely if he understood what was happening, he wouldn't say that. And he wouldn't think that. Wow. I, I like, we, we talk about our parents a lot on this show. And so for you to really create a fine, like a fine boundary of, um, three very simple sentences, um, that being effective, but also not demonizing your dad in the way that he's not actually demonizing you is pretty cool to me. Like, uh, it gives people grace and room to grow. So thank you for that. Oh, I learned a lot of grace. (laughs) I I would have to say I learned because I listen to your guys' episodes and I relate because my parents are your parents. Like, they come from the same generation. They come from the same struggle. And so I, I have learned a lot of that with my parents. I do have to say your mom is a little bit gutsier than mine because she's very afraid of going to like a medium and being told she's going to die. So the <laughs> that your mom's willing to sit it out and be like, all right, tell me, tell me, tell me something good about the future. Or tell me something. Like, I think that's very brave of your mom, honestly. It's also very interesting how like your mom is like, that's her initial (laughs) go-to is like, um, (laughs) with like seeing a a medium is like, is like death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think about like just all parents in this situation in relation to Chriselle's like, um, that decolonialization, right? Perhaps Mm -hmm. Chriselle's mom is more privy to it because, um, has seen value growing and these are just right versus my mom who prays every night before bed you know what I mean like don't stay at a line oh totally because both of my parents are really religious like my whole entire family is super religious um my parents are were both really involved with um with like church retreats and I grew up catholic um, my whole family was really like my siblings were all really involved with youth, youth ministry I am the only one that did not do my confirmation. Um, I went to a Catholic high school, but I transferred there from public school. And there are a lot of moments where I was like, really, are all y'all really into praying and Jesus that much? Like, uh, uh, I don't uh, know. 
I don't know. <laughs> Y'all ain't acting but, like him, so. <laughs> right. I mean, everyone would go bananas over the Kairos retreats. And I was like, let's be real. No one's going for Jesus. Everyone's going for a week away from their parents and booze and weed. Hooking up. For reals. <laughs> Knowing each other biblically. <laughs> um. Wow, Crystal. I mean, you even detecting that in high school, you definitely have a bullshit alert. Like, <laughs> but about my mom, her her experience is definitely unique. Because what I learned when I I'm the kind of person that's like, if I learn something cool, I'm like, hey, you guys want to know about something really cool. And so when I started psychic development, I was talking to a lot of my family members about it, and a lot of people think um, like a lot of people are already really psychic. Like that's natural for us. And as Filipinos, that's like incredibly natural for us. And they just don't realize that what they're doing is psychic. And especially with my mom, like my mom, her mother passed away when she was a child and she always has um, ancestors visit her in her dreams. Like if they just passed away, her mom constantly visits her and she's scared of everyone that visits her except for her mom. But like, if you've ever, if you're listening to this and if you've ever had a dream or a thought of a loved one that passed away, that is a spirit visitation. Wow. Um, gosh, I mean, I just, I know we're only halfway through this episode, but I wish everyone knew about you. Like, honestly, <laughs> Uh, I just feel uh, energetically a door opening for like me, like culturally, just like, okay. Um, just things that were probably defined weird in my life were like perhaps in the coals. And like, now it's like, oh, right? but it, you know, Filipinos are very like, like culturally we are into supernatural things, but also not like there is a weird, like, I don't, I guess double standard or just yeah. like so I noticed okay interesting story last year I had my first past life regression and around that time I felt like I I had a strong inclination to really connect with um indigenous spirituality like Filipino indigenous spirituality because I learned from a lot of white teachers and I was like what would it be like to learn from a Filipino teacher and I just couldn't find that many. So in my past life regression, one of my questions was, how am I going to learn this stuff? How am I going to learn about my ancestors when most of them are gone and my parents don't really know anything? And in my past life regression, the answer was like, just be open and the info will come to you. So I get bits and pieces of inform like historical information from random sources. Like um, there's an academia app and like random people on Instagram and like mm -hmm. random people in the family and just like little things. And I read somewhere that in the, my, my dad is from Leyte in the Visayas. Mm -hmm. And I was reading that when there was Japanese and American occupation, the Filipinos had, they weren't particularly loyal to any side, but they had a wait and see mentality for survival. And so this, this, um, behavior of like, okay, let's, let's follow along with Catholicism. And like, we created folk Catholicism, which is like the merging of our indigenous spirituality with Catholicism. That's like wait and see behavior right there. 
Yeah. It's, it's just been our survival mode for centuries. Whoa. Um, way to dabble in Filipino American history month with these tidbits. Wow. Okay. That does make like so much sense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thinking about our parents and like, it's just like generationally, that's what we're conditioned to do. Yeah. That's why we're so compliant. We're like, okay, let me see where this is going. Cause I'd rather not just be rebellious and then die. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's deep. <sighs> <laughs> I'm, so I would say out of like the BBs, Gene is probably the one who is most, um, I guess, developing. Cause Gene, you, you said that you, um, like are starting to get to know your tarot cards and like yeah. and you, you're the one who like engages yeah. um like you went to a psychic and stuff um yeah. so I I guess like Gene is like the the most bee out of the bees <laughs> <laughs> the thing is like I find that everyone has it in them they just like there's this weird relationship with the word Mm-hmm. Yeah. so people won't call themselves that like with my students that's one of the first things their their limiting belief of what they think a psychic is or their relationship with the word psychic is what prevent is what holds them back most of the time so I usually tell them if you can say it to yourself by yourself with no one around you'll get to the point that you feel more comfortable with it because part of it is even just like hearing it is triggering mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, I would say that um, the three BBs like have different like ways of approaching the psychicness of like, I mean, I can see it in some of the ways that we predict or like sometimes when we have conversations on and off the air. So I really now really believe that like, um, yeah, I just love that you said it out loud for everyone else who's listening to this episode. So yeah. Um, um, is it is it scary? for you, Chriselle. No, it's no. But I could see how it is because um, I was really scared going into it. I mean, I had a friend come over my house and I bought my house, I told you was a dump when I bought it. And we, I live in California where it's like really hard to get a house that's yes. super expensive. Mm-hmm. So um, our house was a probate sale, which means that the owners died. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know any details about the death um, of the owners because it happened outside of the date of the timeframe that they are required to tell you. Mm. So the friend who was learning tarot and took a second development course and she came over and she read my cards and it was my first time. And then I gave her a glass of water and it's like two in the morning and she goes, (laughs) whoa, it's a witching hour. Yes. Oh my God. I had, it was, I was terrified after that, but she goes, is that soda water? And I'm like, we don't drink soda in our house. What are you trying to tell me? And she goes, oh, because bubbles and water, it's energy trying to make itself known. I'm like, oh, (sighs) and then she starts talking about like, I I smell cigarettes, like specifically American spirits does your grandpa smoke or does Justin's my partner just sessions does Justin's grandpa smoke and she starts telling me all of these things and I'm like I was gonna go to sleep but you know forget about it for the next week. <laughs> right. so that's where I came from before mm-hmm. actually doing it myself 
but I know like I, I it's funny because I was just writing um, something about this, but it could look really intimidating when you see everyone where they are in their journey with more advanced practices, talking to deities, talking to like the dead. And that really like before you think about that, think about the basics and the basics are really easy and the basics are foundations so that you can feel safe secure and sovereign in any situation that you go into like someone um I was going to teach I was asked to teach a class to teach people mediumship in an immersive experience in a semi-haunted place and I was like oh hell no like I don't need to be up in a haunted place with a bunch of scared people like they're gonna go home with spirit attachments like that's the worst idea that's some white people shit right there like (laughs) That's very ethical of you, Christophe. <laughs> it's all well, that's part of how I teach. It's like there are ethics, like mm-hmm. consent and responsibility are a hundred percent applicable. That's why I was so apologetic about like reading into your energy. But I also know that even if I don't have your explicit consent, some people are just like internally asking for it or open to it. Wow, there's just so many layers. And you know, uh, going back to the therapy component of this. And how all of these do really um, complement each other. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The time that I went to the psychic medium was at a time where I was like, you know, therapy ain't doing it for me today. Like, uh, I'm just going to go try these two out. And honestly, like, what a lift. Like, my spirit was, like, lifted um, in a way um, that was just different. And even when I encouraged another friend, like, initially walking into the place, my friend Lisa was like, no, I mean, this is against God, Jean. And then when she left, she's like, is it really against God if I feel so good after? Like, please explain this to me, Jean. And I was like, there's nothing to explain. Right. Follow, follow your heart. Does it feel good? Yeah. Like, which God? <laughs> right. Okay, so this is what one of my teachers shared with me. And it was a real aha moment. And she was like, Jesus was a medium. And I was like, yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. And he did Reiki, but it wasn't Reiki because he was pre-Reiki. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, um, y'all take notes. This is like, yeah, I love the intersection of all these things. Uh, that is a big part. That's like totally my style because we didn't come in here to be like in a, in a um, one lane of mm-hmm. only spirituality. Like that's where my grounding comes in. Like there is an overlap. There's an intersection of the cultures, different spiritual traditions, and even science with spirituality. Like it all comes together. And that's why I find it so valuable to actually learn this and apply it in your everyday life. Wow. Um, We all have the potential. Yes. Yes. Um, What's, I mean, what has it been like community-wise for you? Do y'all hang out under medium? i like check in, like, how, how does this work out for you? Or are you um, just solo within your parameter of a six-mile six radius? So um, if you, you guys are not familiar with West Covina, because that's where I live and that's where my office is located, um, we have a little Filipino community here in West Covina. And then out here in LA, like 
there are there are all sorts of spiritual teams like all over the place and um so there's actually a community of filipino spiritual practitioners um seekers here in west covina um there is a studio out here and the owners of the studio are actually friends of mine um, so I've known them, well, I've known one of them for a long time because her sister is like one of my closest friends. I've known her since high school. Um, so yeah, in a way, we all just kind of hang out together and like we know each other and we see each other around. Um, but I also started my, like I built my community of when I first started going into spiritual development online. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the people that I, I know and are very close with and practice with are all over the place like Mm. I have students in Ireland I have have people reach out to me from Mexico and I have colleagues in Canada and all over the U.S. so that's amazing I'm glad that you're accessible um but also it makes me happy to know um Filipino mediums or anything yeah but there's like a a West Covina coven (laughs) like that's cool so it's crazy because one of so one of the mediums that I know out of that um I don't even know what, what you would call it energy studio whatevs um she we grew up on the same street and she's older than me mm-hmm. but I grew up with her youngest brother and I've known mm. him since first grade but I didn't meet her until 2019 wow wow what are the that is like serendipitous right yes I I'm like I'm no longer surprised of things anymore (laughs) because I'm just like it was meant like thank you guides thank you guides yeah what an open heart to the universe in that sense like nothing surprised you because like you know especially in today's day and age there's a lot of control there's a lot of control of outcomes I just finished an improv class I'm like learning now just to be open to <laughs> things <laughs> yes and no I guess kids. like that, I read that book <laughs> would uh like very come in handy with like spiritual work it was like just being open right actually um I was just thinking about that book the other day because you see a lot of people post their affirmations but the subconscious works a specific way. And when people post affirmations are like, I no longer, or I don't, it's like, you're fucking with your subconscious and you're confusing it. And so I was thinking, I was like, what's the right way to um, explain to people? And yes. And that book is exactly that. It's like, you don't have to say no, but you can say yes. And like, these are your parameters around your yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next question is, do you, um, of course, and you kind of touched upon it, like, what's it like having Filipino clientele? Like, are they, do they feel at home with you? Uh, like, are they as mind blown as me and Nicole? Like, how does that, how is it have been? So I get a mix of clients um, of all backgrounds. And whenever I work with, okay, so in general, when I'm working with a client, I already start feeling um, 
like their energy and what it is kind of what they're looking for, because it's been my practice because the readings are just another avenue for me to show people um, what's possible spiritually and psychically. So it's my practice to not have them tell me what their intention is for their reading and just kind of let me like dump whatever is coming through. So I can already get a sense of why they're coming to me. And so many of the Filipino clients, they already know what they want. They're just looking for validation. Wow. Wow. And so a lot of times, like if it's very clear um, that they already know what they want, <laughs> but they just came to me for validation. I usually start with, why are you really here? Cause like, <laughs> you already know what you want. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that's a big, like, that's a big part of the reason why I feel like psychic development is so important to share amongst the community because y'all are so psychic and you don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't need me to validate you. You never needed me to validate you. You only needed me to help you see that you can trust yourself. Wow. Like, I don't do this for the readings. I want to empower people. And if that means like you have to find that empowerment through the reading, okay. But I want you to know that you can do this yourself and that you are already doing it. When will you listen? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Inner critic. Um, yeah. you know, I'm thinking about this culturally, right? Because, you know, again, in relation to their parents or elders, um, we're taught a lot to second guess ourselves because um, parents or elders or mentors are thinking for us. And so perhaps that programming comes in through your clientele um, and you being kind of a really rare gem in the community in that sense of like affirmation, validation and whatnot. I say this to say this, that I hope um, your kind of rhetoric and attitude are multiplied, um, not just in your clients, but um, yes, with the students you have. I'm excited for them. I'm excited for um, this intersectional way and gentle way of approaching people with real um, energy and spirituality, um, not problems, but like disruption perhaps oh my god yes that's exactly how I explained it to my sister like obviously having like the commercial banking background and like having to know about all the industries I was telling her I was like psychic development is disruption it is thought disruption it is belief system disruption it's authority disruption because you're taking back your power and instead of running the program because that's exactly what it is you hit it on the head that it's this is just your learned behavior and we are unraveling that. And like, that's the big theme since the pandemic, right? And learning, we're unlearning this programming. Wow, I mean, I think when I think of you now, I think of you on the other spectrum of like imposter syndrome, right? Like uh, it's a hot button word, topic, concept, relatable thing, but also if everyone is also psychic with imposter, I feel it is this just broken, wire between what our fullest self in that sense because of the heavy narrative of belief fake belief that we're in you know what I mean like it's like if it could just connect as a whole in that sense oh yeah and and the thing is though like because a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome because everyone experiences it Mm -hmm. excuse me 
energetic clearing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to phrase it. But but really like when I'm, so the way I, I get a lot of my infos through my body, like I learned this after I started doing it, that I feel sensations in different parts of my body and it correlates with traditional Chinese medicine that your different organs relate to different parts of your mental, emotional well-being. And then the way I feel it explains like how my client is feeling. And then sometimes in the middle of of explaining it, I could feel the energetic release. Like maybe there's tension and it calms. Maybe I burp, maybe I toot. Like (laughs) it could happen in so many different ways. But in terms of imposter syndrome, like the thing is like, we're always going to experience imposter syndrome. So instead of seeing it as our deterrent, going back to viewing it as the opportunity to like double down in our commitment and understanding like, why, why do I even bother with this? Like, why is this so important to me? Because a hundred percent, I went through imposter syndrome. Like, why would I quit my nice job with this nice salary with all these wonderful benefits to go start a business as a psychic when there are so many people that don't believe in it? Mm. Like, why am I doing this? Like, who am I to do this? And who am I to do this as a freaking baby witch? Like, why? Mm-hmm. And the conversation, that conversation just continues. It may find new like settings. Like now it's like, who am I to think that I can do this when there are all these other, Fili- <clears throat> excuse me, experienced Filipina spiritual healers, psychics and whatnot. Like, who am I to think that I deserve space on this stage? But I always invite it as this is a red flag that I'm meeting an edge that I'm about mm-hmm. to make a breakthrough and that I'm doubling down in my commitment that I'm up leveling. Yeah. Also like community wise, we are, we're pretty like broken. <laughs> so like yes. we're, we're spiritually broken. So like sure. we need more like spirituality practitioners to like help us navigate what it is to heal ourselves at a very like decolonial oh totally like level so the way I see the way that I've been looking at like my dad in particular which he's Mm -hmm. he's not like that why are you playing with the devil crystal anymore but the way I saw it is that my family we it is as Filipino people it is our it's native to us to mm-hmm. be psychic like we're animists by nature right mm-hmm. but because we've been in this wait and see like let's be compliant for survival we've layered on top of that so it's our natural inclination to to gravitate to the spirituality like the animism the psychism but then we have all this programming from christianity like the the missionary religions mm-hmm. And so we're at conflict with ourselves. And so the way I see that, like, here we go with the intersection is that all these people that are feeling broken, it's really, they don't know what to believe because they've been told all these things and they're, because they're constantly denying themselves what feels true to them and following what other people tell them, that's where it's coming from. Wow. I just, the visual in my head, as you're saying this, it feels like, um, if we don't know that it's an intersection, it just feels like, like a really loud party, right? And just like shouting in a room of like, <laughs> what to communicate. And so, yeah, um, 
thinking of it in an intersectional way or in the way that you described, it's like, all right, just laying it down, right? And being able to move the parts and have agency to move the parts of what you want to believe or what is in you. Like it's, uh, yeah, that's so cool. Uh, that's so cool. I'm just so excited for our listeners who get to hear this. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, um, what has been, you know, this is a twofold question, right? What has been uh, the most rewarding about what you do and what has been the hardest? I know you touched uh, a little bit lightly on them. Um, the most rewarding is always the client work, like being able to share this with people. And I'm a Virgo. And Whoa. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And okay, so I feel like the, the Virgo archetype is often misunderstood as like needing to be this pure, young, sexual virgin, mm-hmm. when the Virgo archetype is really about self-sufficiency and being able to share and nurture with others, that's that independence, that self-sufficiency. So what is the most gratifying for me is when I can share what I've learned with people. And when I look back at my life and like in my prior career, that's always been something that I've done is like, there's no gatekeeping here. Like, let's all be awesome together and just sharing all the tricks of the trade, right? Um, the most difficult part has been actually, the has been a very personal struggle with actually doing what I say. And one example of, of that is like, I, I know that a lot of people are like really ungrounded. And so one of the first things I teach them is like, practice a grounding meditation and be consistent with it. And then for the last year, I haven't been consistent with it. And I was beating myself up over it because I'm like, how can I be this person and not practice what I preach? But I also view it as like, why do I have to have such a strict rule? And then I came across someone on Instagram, which is really interesting how that worked out. Um, And he shared with me that, um, Filipino indigenous spirituality was like, yes, we meditate, but the goal is to merge our meditative state with our conscious state. And I find myself doing that all day long. And so there was a part of me that was like, see, this is like the the perfectionist in me beating myself up when I'm just doing what's native to me. Whoa, these are all very um, common Virgo uh, here. (laughs) But yeah, like, I think that's, so real this is so real um it's so real in a sense where like yeah there's this constant duality um but they don't actually have to cancel each other which is really great yes wow nicole did you (laughs) i'm um i don't i don't know how to describe how i feel um i'm i'm very thankful that you are sharing your time with us mm-hmm. um, and with our listeners. Um, yeah, I think a lot of us do have this, or that we all have this potential. Um, and I just wonder what kind of like healing revolution would happen if we all- Right. Um, yep. Exactly. We can dream though, you know, that's yeah. 
Uh, the revolution is happening. Yes, it is. The revolution is happening and this is part of it because I, people, I know that people look at energy healing and healing and think that magic happens and then like you're feeling wonderful. But I see the knowing as a healing. So simply like sharing information could be the activation that shifts your mindset. And so this whole experience, this episode, all your episodes, I find that that is incredibly shifting, like just bringing the conversation out into the open Mm -hmm. to show people like, we all do this. Like we're all, this is relatable. Like you're not alone. Yeah. I, you know, some, you know, we are huge advocates for therapy, but perhaps for those who don't feel that that is a space for them, that you do consider um, spiritual work um, instead. If that, if therapy, I mean, this is me speaking to listeners, not the two of you because it's preaching the choir, but um, yeah, I just think if, if therapy was not a good shirt of fit for you, perhaps this is another avenue Mm-hmm. Um, in this decolonialized sense. Because uh, I also think, you know, a lot of us, um, well, particularly me, like, yeah, I have really um, delved into therapy because there were words that I needed to define a feeling or whatnot. But what I'm learning today with Griselle is that there's still another whole realm of healing that is a resource that can define other things that particularly our community can still not place or define. So, yeah. Something I want to add to that is I feel like I have so much more freedom as a, like as a psychic reading people and Mm. holding space for people in that, in that way, because let's be real. There's a lot of like policy and regulation about Mm -hmm. how to show up when it comes to therapy and so while the therapist, because a lot of therapists are really intuitive, they're really mm-hmm. psychic. And so even if they feel like they know, they may not feel like they want to take on the liability of wow. sharing something. And so like, I have people who come and do past life regressions with me and they're like, wow, this is like therapy. And I'm like, you know, the fucked up thing is that you probably pay, you probably pay a hell of a lot more for therapy mm-hmm. and go there for a really long time. Like True. one past life regression six to eight hours and don't you dare think about doing another one within the next 12 months (laughs) good advice good advice um well uh last question before i move into recommendations what is a piece of wisdom that you'd like to leave our listeners Uh, and i really hope this isn't the last of us having christelle um time permitting but um yeah what is something you'd like to let our listeners tell yourself Um, first I want to say that I really enjoy this and I would love to chat with you guys again. You're a friend. (laughs) Um, but I think like the biggest, the biggest thing I want people to know is that you already have everything that you need. So if you're going out to a practitioner or getting a service thinking it's going to make you complete, you're, it's not because Mm. it's about accepting yourself. And that's why I find with so many clients, like you already know it, but you're at looking for someone else to give it to you. Ooh, that is like um, that last uh, bit really um, reminds you how we are in a capitalist society that we are. Yeah. And 
to seek to find for that validation and that we are not taught to just dig within. Um, or if one were taught to dig within when self-care or self-care is trending, it's like the buzz thing for a few months. <laughs> it's a, a toxic, then, a toxic <laughs> care. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Um, all right. Well, let's hit recommendations, Christelle. What are three tips, resources, or funsies things that you'd like to share with our listeners? So I actually have a playlist of free psychic development videos. Ooh. And you can get it by joining my mailing list. Okay. We'll oh, shit, it. y'all. Get on and it. And if you feel like experiencing your own psychic abilities in a light and playful environment, I invite you to my monthly drop-in of Psychic Play Circle. Ooh. And then the last recommendation is if you're not quite there where you want to read for other people and play in that arena, but you really want to experience your own psychic abilities in like your own container, um, I have a group experience where I do group past life regressions and that's also a monthly drop-in. Oh, dang. I think we got to get BB on that. Ah, <laughs> so make a, a in the holidays team bonding event. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm serious. I'm gonna get called Daniel right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Like we love learning more information um, about you and just everything that you do. Nicole, what's your three recs? Um. So what one of my recs is I went and saw Japanese Breakfast. That was the second show that I went to. Um, their opener, Luna Lee, is a Korean Canadian. Um, band and if you like Japanese breakfast and like that indie rock um, I guess kind of shoegazy music then you will love Luna Lee they're super cute um, young Bayesian Gaysians <laughs> it was just okay so when I went to Japanese breakfast I felt very old being there um, just just I just felt old um, so it was very cute to see a lot of like indie Asian youth out and about, masked, mostly masked. Um, and it was like, it was really the representation that I think that my like inner young hipster was looking for um, instead of like, mm, Tegan and Sarah, like there's, <laughs> Luna, there's Luna Lee for folks. They're very funky. Um, so look them up. Um, and they did a song with JSOM, who's a, a Filipina from the Bay Area band. They came to UNLV once. Um, and I uh, I guess my second is to go hiking, y'all. Like, go outside if it's safe for y'all to do so. Um, if you're in Southern Nevada, for sure, go out to Mount Charleston. There's snow up there now. Um, I went, it's cold, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, um, the elevation will get your heart pumping. Cause it is, uh, it is tough going up those Hills. Um, when we are, what are we at like 2000 feet in Las Vegas? And then I think, um, Mount Charleston is like four or six. So there is a little bit of an elevation climb, um, have some OJ <laughs> prepare <laughs> yourselves. Good advice. It's been cool to see more brown folks out there. So less, you know, I don't feel as if a murder is going to occur. Uh, so it's been really nice going and seeing other brown folks. 
Um, but yeah, take, take advantage and remember whose land we're on and clean up after yourselves. Yes. Uh, I love that your two recommendations are full of representation. <laughs> Themes of representation. Manifesting. <laughs> um, I have been spending my days off sleeping and reading, which are two things I love near, near and dear to my heart. So I finally finished uh, the 1984 graphic novel. I did not read that in high school. I read like, I tried to be extra and read Count of Monte Cristo and just all the thick novels. I'm just really trying to be a Virgo that's extra. So I finally read 1984, had a few nightmares about dystopia, but highly recommend. Um, the original original novel was by George Orwell. Fido Nesti um, created an illustration, illustrations for it. So I loved it. Um, the second thing is the Good Asian Graphic Novel, which is a really interesting um, comic about a time during the Chinese Exclusion Act um, in the lens of a Chinese cop, right? So like he's constantly um, being like, why are you a cop? Um, so it was written by um, Pornshak uh, Pichoche. He's a Thai American writer. Um, it's so good. Um, if you're listening, Mark Padumtat, Dr. Mark Padumtat, this one's for you. Um, it's so good. Um, it has that history piece to it, chef's kiss on it. Um, and also drawn by Alexandre Tefengi. Um, just really, really great art. Um, obviously POC created. And then Mellow Creams. I know there's a battle between whether candy corn is the shit or a candle. I'm willing to eat the candle. <laughs> but I like to be a little bit more extra than just the candy corn. I like those thick, T-H-I-C-C, thick Mellow Creams. Wait, what is a Mellow Cream? Okay, it's the or it's like it's it's the candy corn cousin, right? So it's the orange version. Like, okay, so you see the candy corn, and then those they're, they're like orange pumpkins, but they're the same texture of a candy corn, except it's like five candy corns together, put together for the. Okay, well, look, look, look this up. Yes. Okay, it's the pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the pumpkins. Okay, they're called mellow creams, and they're delicious. Uh, I asked in class, like, who likes these? And half the class is like, fuck candy corn. I, like, I love candy corn. This is a candy corn household. <laughs> yeah. I like candy corn. Yeah. I, I like that fake sugar shit candy. Yeah. They're so great. They're have so you, great. Have you, see, I didn't know this. Um, like, they're really good when you mix them with peanuts. Heather ta- taught me that. Yeah. So you put them in a bowl, mix them up with some peanuts. It's a nice little sweet and savory man that. I, don't, I don't know if that's a southern thing <laughs> <laughs> i that sounds delicious my mouth is watering i still have a little bag of them i'm gonna mix some peanuts um so that's my um last wreck i just want to take some time with nicole to really thank chriselle yes. uh, for solidifying this friendship and just knowledge sharing um thank you chriselle for me nicole would you like to sing? um yeah just um just hearing your truth and listening to your story is uh for sure moving something within me mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i am scared but i think i have like some i i there are some things i need to think about uh, <laughs> moving forward uh, <laughs> i'm glad this call was not at 2 a.m <laughs> 
part of the evening. I mean, that might that might be have to be like for the Patreon, <laughs> a, a special a special episode. I'm down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like wrapped in a blanket. Um, any last words or so before we sign off today? Um, I just had so much fun talking with you guys, and I would love to do this again. Yay! Um, I it's also gonna happen. Yes, uh, we'll probably have a hair change. You know, with how the pandemic goes, I do love purple hair. <laughs> oh, I forgot to say. Um, so this is Jean. This is Nicole. And this is Chriselle. And this is a Pinai podcast about magically empowering you. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah.